0: Romans 12.12, 12. I'm going to read one verse this season, and we're going to camp out here for the next you know, few minutes. Romans 12.12, 12. again, if you have the Bible app, you can pull out your app and follow along. On The, uh, the notes won't be there, but you can follow along on the Bible version of it, and then um, or you can have the YouVersion app or, or your, your good old-fashioned paper Bible. Romans 12.12, 12, the New Living Translation says this, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Let's go ahead and do that right now. Father, we pray over our time in your word. We thank you for your presence and the refreshing uh, that you you, you refreshed us with tonight in the river in your presence. I pray that I would continue on, that I would not just be tonight, but we would continue to be refreshed in every dry place in life, Lord God, that we continue to look to you and tap into your spirit and your presence, your peace and your power. Father, I pray you would speak to us tonight as we get into your word. Oh, God, show us what we need to see. Help us. Give us the grace to apply it. Uh, may there be uh, a, a, a confident hope, patience that rise up in us, in a spirit of prayer that just continues to bubble up in us tonight. Help us, Holy Spirit, in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was, I was, I was praying about what to 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 preach tonight. I began to think about it and just trying to get direction from the Lord. How many of y'all would agree with me that we live in in troubled times? We're living in some pretty troubled times, uh, right now, right? It, it seems like every time I watch, read, or listen to any news, there's some turmoil going on around the country or overseas, isn't that right? I was just on, you know, a, a you know a, a machine at the. Uh, at the gym, just a couple of days ago, doing some cardio, and and you know, there's all the news outlets on, on on the TV, and I have my earbuds in, listening to music. But you just see like turmoil. It seems like in every whether it's political turmoil or turmoil in the streets of our country or overseas, we're living in in some trials. For example, the recent events in 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 Charlottesville, Virginia, and then just a few days later, there was you know multiple police officers shot in one day. Y'all saw that, like in, in different different states and. and in places. And then there's more rallies and protests going on all over the country. That's what I saw the other day, rallies and protests and just people, violence breaking out and people just in each other's faces and just this hate and this anger going on. And then you look at what's going on overseas and, and the, the threat of, you know, North Korea, right? I've been kind of seeing all that. It's just like, man, just craziness everywhere you look. And it, it seems like there's times where it spikes and then you kind of dies off and there's that, and then it just like it ramps up again and it's a snowball effect. So I have a question. How are you reacting, responding, or processing these current events we're going through? You know that reacting and responding are two different things too, right? A lot of times when we react, we react in a wrong or a negative way. I know that with my children I, or my wife. Sometimes I react to a situation and I have a level 10 reaction to a level 4 situation. Come on, help me out, parents. You ever have that? Right? But typically when we respond, not always, but if, if we take our time to, to, to respond, to think through or to pray through, we can have a better response. And sometimes it, our response takes time of, of processing our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings of what's going on. So how are you reacting, responding, or processing these current events? Maybe to you, the outside stuff or the stuff going on in our, 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 our nation and our overseas maybe, maybe it doesn't affect you that much. Maybe, you know, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's, this is causing some trouble or turmoil in your own life, but maybe it's not these things. Maybe you're having personal or relational turmoil going on in your life. Maybe mental turmoil in your life right now. How should we respond to these current events and personal or relational turmoil in our life? Well, I believe. That small verse we just read in Romans 12, 12 gives us what I call a formula for the future. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds, right? But I believe in this this short verse of Scripture, the Bible gives us a formula for the future. And I want to look at that tonight. The three commands in this verse are related. You see, by rejoicing in confident hope, we can be patient in trouble. These build on each other, right? And then continually praying is essential if we desire to have the, this attitude toward the difficulties in life. You know, I've said it often, but you know that, you know, many people said it, I think John Maxwell is where I first heard and read it. He often says, you know, life is, is only 20% of what happens to us, or I'll say happens around us, it's 80% of how we respond to it. Or in other words, life is 80% of how, what, what is our attitude in going through life? when turmoil and troubles happening around us, whether it does it's not affecting us personally or it's right here on our doorstep, right here at home. How are you responding to these things? Well, these three things, I believe, are a formula for the future, whether it be tonight, tomorrow, the days ahead in your own personal life, or what's going on all around us right now. So let's look at these three things tonight. Number one, Paul says rejoice in our confident hope. Well, what is this confident hope Paul is speaking of. Well, let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 and 5 to find out. He says, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. So what is this confidence hope? It's heaven, right? Paul says this confident hope that we hold on to is heaven. Listen, again, he talks about through the scriptures, Paul, the apostle Paul continues to reiterate that, that this is not our home, y'all. This is not our permanent home, right? We're just passing through. We're just we're just traveling through. You know, just just last week or the week before last, uh, my my family and I we went on a on a vacation. We went on a trip. You know, we went we had some family members in in Texas and we we stayed there. But we on the way back we we took a different route. We went stopped at another city on the way back and came through. And you know we went through that city, but that's not our home. We just passed through Waco. We and then we came through. We passed through some other places. I, I had no intention of staying there. I knew that I was going on a trip and I was passing through and I was headed home and I couldn't wait to get back home. You know, you get on a long trip, you know, and you walk in and your recliner feels a little more comfortable. You ever been there? Right? Amen? Because that's home. That was, that was where I got it. It's home. You know, this life is the same way, y'all. We're just passing through. Just like all of us, some of you have maybe went on trips this summer and you, you passed through some times. Or you might, a better analogy, I guess, would be you even stayed there for a little while, right? I stayed at some family members' house for about a week. But they're not—they're not my home. It was nice. I got comfortable. I did some things there, but I was in my home. Heaven is our confident hope. We have to have a confident hope that, literally, when all hell is breaking loose around us, the hope is—you know what? We don't have to stay here. We're not going to stay here forever, right? So Paul says to hold on to this confident hope. Let's continue on with that thought. Look at Hebrews chapter six, verses eighteen through nineteen. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Listen to what He says about hope. He said, "This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary." You know, any of you that that are that are fishermen or are women that like to fish, if you ever been fishing out uh, uh, in a boat on a windy day. And, and it can be windy and your boat's getting blown around all over. If you have a good anchor and, and you throw your anchor out, you know what? That, that anchor is going to hold you where you're at. Now listen, the wind might turn your direction of your boat and get you all turned around, but you're going to stay in the same position. Matter of fact, last uh, two weeks ago now, it was two weeks ago when, when I was up in, uh, in, in Texas. Uh, the northern north part of Texas. I actually went fishing with my with my cousin, and and now you know they they have the, they make these trolling motors. That this this dude had a remote controlled trolling motor, and that thing will anchor you and everything. You don't even need an anchor, right? It just it, he tells, presses a button from the back of the boat to anchor us, and that the boat's swinging around, but basically we stayed in the same place. That's what Paul's saying here is that we gotta we gotta that our hope of heaven is what's gonna anchor us. I'm going to say it another way. Our hope of heaven is what's going to keep you sane. Amen? It'll it'll anchor you mentally and emotionally, right? And spiritually where you're not going to sway all over the place when something bad happens in life, right? You're going to be anchored. You're going to be anchored to the truth. You're going to be anchored to the word. You're going to be anchored into the confident hope that you know what. Even if this life continues to go downhill rapidly, I know when this thing, whole thing, wraps up, whether you know it, it's tomorrow or in a hundred years, the confident hope is that I'm going to spend eternity in a glorious place where there won't be any fighting, any griping. It won't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. It won't matter your, your, your views on all kind of stuff that we argue about. There won't be fights and violence and killings and murders and wars and all this kind of stuff. It's going to be a perfect place. I don't know about you, but that's a good hope to have. That he says will anchor our very souls, right? Hebrews 10.23 20, 20, says this, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted in his promise. So he says to, to 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 have this hope as an anchor of our souls, but he says to hold tightly to it without wavering. Well, you know, I begin to think about uh, this was actually a couple of years ago that uh, that this happened to me. I was actually out fishing with a buddy, and, and it was one of those windy days, and. He, we had anchored. we had threw out the anchor and, you know, we had caught a few fish and it was, was, we wasn't catching anymore. So we, he he said, hey man, why don't you go and pull up the anchor and we're going to move. So I went and we had threw out the anchor a few times that day. So I went and I pulled, I was pulling up the anchor. And as I was pulling up the anchor, right when I got it up, it swung and it hit the boat. And right when it hit the boat, it untied and it fell in the water. He's like, well, there goes my anchor, man. I was like, you know, he wasn't too happy. But I began to think about that. The reason that that anchor Fell off because it's that that knot kept loosening and loosening and it let go of its grip and it fell. That's why the Bible says to hold tightly to the hope that we have. Because again, if we don't hold tightly to the hope of heaven, again, we can lose it, right? We can lose our faith, we can lose our peace, we can lose our joy, we can lose our mind, right? The Bible says to hold tightly to the hope without wavering, without wavering to the hope. That we have of heaven. Remember, this hope is our anchor. Hold on to it tight, or you can lose it. Amen. So when you think about, when you see everything that's going on, on this, what I love also, Paul says to focus on the realities of heaven. I know y'all hear me use this scripture often, but listen, y'all, heaven is a reality. Heaven is real. He says, focus on the realities of heaven. And it's hard. Actually, sometimes I get overstimulated when I'm when I'm doing cardio at the gym because there's. 14,000 TVs, it seems like, right? And it's like one minute you're like, the news, Sports Center, the cooking channel. This, and it's like, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going on. Oh, look, okay, the saints are, oh look, that looks good. Oh, and I'm like, I feel like a cat chasing one of those, those, you know, a red dot. You ever see that, right? And I get overstimulated. It's hard to even focus on one program when I'm doing cardio. But he says, focus on the realities of heaven. Cause every, and it's, it's hilarious. You can see like Fox News and CNN and, and, and just, you know, what side of the line are they on? You know, because the TVs are right by each other. And it's just like, this is ridiculous, man. You know, and, and it's like we can easily focus on all the bad, all the negative. But the Bible tells us focus on the realities of heaven and set our hope there. It's our confident hope that's an anchor for ourselves. So that's the first part of the formula. Rejoice. And look, rejoice. Be glad, right? Have joy. Choose joy. We were recently at a conference, and and the pastor said, hey, we need to choose joy. And the apostle Paul, when he says that, he's not just preaching that or writing that. He's practicing what he's preaching. Because you can read about Paul, and he says, man, I've been beaten. I've been shipwrecked. I went hungry. I was starving. I got arrested. They tried to kill me. But yet still, he's like, I rejoice. And he Paul was always, he definitely made lemonade out of limits. And we have to choose joy. We have to choose to rejoice in the hope that we have. Amen? Number two, be patient in trouble. This is the second thing Paul said in Romans 12, two, that we need to be patient in trouble. You know, the reason he says we must be patient, because sometimes troubles last a long time. Can anybody testify about that? He says to be patient, because sometimes I wish trouble would just be like day by day, but sometimes some troubles last a while. Sometimes the, the troubles in turn are all go on for a while. So he says we need to be patient in our time of trouble. Another word for patience is endurance. And I'm going to show you that. Look at the definition of endurance. It says continuance, a state of lasting or duration, lastingness. I don't even know that was a word, but it is a bearing or suffering, a continuing under pain or distress without resistance or without sinking or yielding to the pressure, patience. Patience is another word for endurance, right? Listen to Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. I love what he says here. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, the reward it brings you is great. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all he has promised you. And that promise goes back to one of the greatest promises of heaven, right? He says patient endurance is what you need now. As he was encouraging the church, encouraging the Hebrew believers, he was saying, listen, We're going through many a trials, many a tribulations, many a troubles. Again, it might be in your own personal life. As I say that right away, there might be an issue or a situation you're thinking of right now. Or it could be, you know, what's going on around us. I don't know what it, what it may be. And it may be that you're fine right now. But again, you know, they say either everybody's either coming out of a trial, in the middle of a trial, or about to go into one, right? And so he says patient endurance is what you need now. You know, kind of sticking with that. You know, with the whole hunting theme as it's rolling around, I see Randall out here. I know he's a big deer hunter. Or I know used to be, and and so you still do some deer hunting, Randall? You know, as a as a deer hunter, if you ever you need a lot of patience, isn't that right, brother, Randall? You need a lot of unless you're in like this incredible spot where deer are just running around all over the place. You need a lot of patience. Matter of fact, I talk to some buddies and I do a lot of duck hunting, so I talk to some guys like, hey man, you deer hunting? And this is their exact words: It's like, oh man, I ain't got the patience for that. Like they want action. They want like. Things to be flying and guns to be firing, right? But you need a lot of patience. And in life, different things, you know, we need patience for. If you're a parent, can I get a witness? You need a lot of patience, right? Patient endurance is what you need as you raise children. You know, also, the Lord's peace will help us to be patient. See, going back to when when it says to be patient, Paul's not telling us something that we got to do and kind of muster up in our own strength again. Anytime he tells us to do something, it's because the Lord is going to help us do it, right? So look at John 16, 33. It says, I told you these things so that you can have peace in me. In this world, you will have trouble, but be brave. I have defeated the world. Look at Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep, I love this. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. So what is one of the ways to have peace and to have patience? He says he will, listen, it didn't say that we have to keep ourselves in peace. What does it say? He will keep us in perfect peace. Or you will keep us in perfect peace. If, one, we trust him. And then this is a biggie. If we fix our thoughts on him, not on the trouble around us. You know, I talked to somebody this week. I was praying with somebody over the phone and, and they were going through some some trouble and some and, and some some trials. And I always encourage people when they're struggling with something, I say, hey, listen, you know, what is your thought life? Don't don't let your thought life get out of control. You know, wh- wh- what happens is wh- when we get weighed down with worry and anxiety and stress and, and whatnot and depression, it's because we're focusing all of our thoughts and energy on the problem. We're fixing our thoughts on the problem. Instead of fixing our thoughts on Jesus. And that's what he says. If we He will keep in perfect peace, which will help us with patience, all those who fix their thoughts on him. Amen. And then the third and final thing. He says to keep on praying. Keep on praying. is the first, third thing in Romans 12, 12. But you know what? Paul, the Apostle Paul, wasn't the first one to say this. Of course, we know the Lord Jesus Christ himself in Matthew 7, verse 7, says this. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Keep on praying. Listen. Keep on praying, even if you don't see a change. That's a a lot of times. That's what happens. Is that we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray, but nothing's changing. So we lose our steam. We don't think it's working. But the Apostle Paul encourages the 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 Lord Jesus Christ himself encourages to keep on praying, even when you don't see change, don't give up. you know listen, and even if there's not trouble around you right now or at a certain time, I want to encourage you to keep on praying then too right when 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 time is good, when times are bad, pray without ceasing. The Bible says, "Look at first thessalonians five sixteen and eighteen it says, "Always be joyful again." This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Thessalonians. It's the same theme. Constantly choose to rejoice. Always be joyful. Pray continually and give thanks whatever happens. I love that. Not only should we continue to pray, but give thanks in whatever happens. That is what God wants for you in Christ Jesus. What is the will of God for your life? To continue to pray, to choose to be joyful, and to continue to be thankful in whatever happens. Even in the worst situation, hear me out here, even in the worst situation, you know, you can find something to be thankful for. Did you know that? You can find something to be thankful for. There's always something, you know, that that, that you can be thankful for. No matter what, you, you can be. But you have to look for it. You have to fix your thoughts on him and fix your thoughts on the positive to find something good out of a situation that seems like nothing good come out of it, right? We got to trust that what the Lord says, that he can work all things, right? All things. Everything can be worked to the good. People struggled. That was like, I had somebody tell me, well, why would God allow this to happen just so he can work it out? I said, no, no, no. you're twisting scripture. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say he allows all things so he can work them out to the good. He said he causes all things to work out to the good. So there's so many things that people want to blame God for that God has nothing to do with. We live in a sinful, fallen world, and we are a bunch of re- rebellious, hard-headed people. In South Louisiana, a lot of us are tete-deux, right? Right? And 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 so, and then, because we tete-deux, and we do things uh, against God's will, and things mess up, or just things happen. Listen, guys, life happens. Sometimes things happen, and we can't explain it. Well, why this, and why that? I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? He says to continue praying that he will work all things to the good. We might not always understand how. We might not even always see it. But I know it's a promise that he said that he'll work it all out to the good. So we must continue to pray even if we don't see change. Remember what I said earlier. Continually praying is essential if we desire to have the right attitude toward the difficulties of life. So let me say this. And listen, I know this isn't easy, guys. I know when we're going through tough times, we're going through trouble... I, I, I fail this test all the time. I, I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and act like I got this, this point lit. But I will say this, is that I know the more that I'm praying, that the more my heart and my attitude is going to be right. I know the more that I'm not praying, the more I'll be grumbling, the more I'll be complaining, and the more I'll be focusing on the negative instead of fixing my, my heart and my, my eyes and my mind on him. So you see, if we continue to pray, remember what he just said, those three things, be joyful, pray continually, and give thanks. If we continue to pray, then we will have joy. And if we continue to pray, then we will be thankful. It's hard to be thankful and to be joyful outside of the presence of God, outside of the will of God. So when we pray, again, we always say, man, prayer changes things. So let me add something I said earlier to, to right now. You know, you've probably heard this. It might sound a little cliche or whatnot. Prayer changes things. Sometimes you don't see prayer changing things around you, but the greatest thing that prayer can change is you. The circumstance, the economy, the turmoil in our country, that stuff might not change overnight. We pray it does. It might not never change. But you know what? If you continue to pray through it, you can change. Guess what? Let me make it a little more personal. You can pray till your knees are bleeding. Your spouse might not change. But I guarantee if you keep praying with the right heart and pray God's will, you'll change. You will change. That situation can change even though the other person doesn't change if you change, right? And that's the great thing about continuing to pray. So as we wrap up tonight, let me ask you a few questions. Have you been rejoicing in our confident hope or have you been worrying and being fearful? Have you been rejoicing and having hope or worrying and being fearful? Remember, hope is the anchor for our soul, right? Right? Have you been patient or paranoid about the trouble that's going on? Have you been patient or paranoid? And have you been continuously praying? Are you just praying a little bit when things are good or praying and when you don't see nothing, you stop? Which one is it? Let's do a little survey. You know what? Maybe you, 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 you can't rejoice in the hope that lies ahead because you don't have that hope. You remember the second scripture I read tonight, Colossians 1, 4, and 5, it says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have this, you have had this expectation ever since you first heard the good news. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? See, that confident hope only comes from hearing the good news and then even further accepting the good news. Well, what is the good news? Well, the truth is, there can't be good news unless there's bad news, right? The way we know there's good news is because there's bad news. And the bad news is the Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. We, We all mess up. You can compare yourself to maybe the worst person in the world, and you might say, man, I'm a pretty good person. And you probably are compared to another person. But the Bible says all of us have sinned, and fall short of God's standard. Well, what's God's standard? Well, you could read the Ten Commandments since he was his standard. All of us at one time have lied, have stolen, have, well, I never murdered. Well, Jesus said, if you look at another person with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. If you hate another brother, you've murdered. So Jesus brings the standard to another level. It's a heart condition, right? Coveted, you know, blasphemed. I I, I know all of us has done, I, I've broken all the Ten Commandments at one point in my life or another. So we that's God's standard. We've all fallen short of that, right? So that's the bad news. And, and, and then it says that the wages of sin is death. And that word death means not only physical death, but eternal death, eternal separation from God. That's the bad news. We've sinned, and sin causes death and eternal separation from God. The good news is, in John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That word perish and, and death is the same word. Perish, eternal separation from God. If we trust or believe, that word believe means to trust in Jesus, then we have everlasting life. We can have the hope that lies ahead, a confident hope. So do me a favor. Let's pray. Why don't you bow your head with me? If you don't mind, everyone bow your head and, and close your eyes. Just out of respect for those around you and reverence to the Lord. And let me just ask you tonight, I don't know everybody here tonight. I met a few new people and, and it's good to see new faces and, and even some people that I've seen. A while. I don't know you personally. I, I've shook in your hand a few times, but... You know, do you have that confident hope? Is this world all you have? Would you see like you're getting discouraged and troubled because there's not a hope of something beyond the grave? If you say, Brandon, you know what? I don't have that confident hope. As a matter of fact, I don't have much hope in my heart at all right now. You know what? I, I, I know that I've sinned before God and I know I'm not right with God. As a matter of fact, if, if I'd say, well, you know what? If, if tonight was your last night on the earth, where, where would you end up in eternity? If you breathed your last tonight, or if we go into some crazy nuclear war and this whole thing wraps up, are you ready to meet the creator, the father that loves us? With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Brandon, I'm not sure I'm right with God. I want to make sure, I want to have that confident hope and assurance that whenever I pass on that I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord. If you say, Brandon, that's me, and, and I need to get right with God, just slip up your hand. Nobody's looking around. I want to pray for you right now. I see your hand, sir. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? I see your hand in the back, ma'am. I see hands going up right here. Thank you, Father. I see your hand right here too, ma'am. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Anybody else? Say, Brandon, I need to get right with God. I want to have that confident hope. Well, for all of you that have your hands raised, listen, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So, uh, so as a family, we're all going to pray with you. So if you believe that Jesus died for you, and he'll forgive you. And, and we're going to pray a prayer of confession. We're going to all pray it together out loud. For all, those of you to raise your hand and all of us are going to pray with you. Pray with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I know that I've sinned. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I put my hope in you tonight. Lord, I ask you to save me. And I ask that you forgive me and cleanse me of every sin I've ever committed. Now, Lord Jesus, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Help me to hold on to the confident hope that lies ahead in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give all of those a round of applause. Come on, we congratulate you. God bless you. Hey, for those of you that raised your hand, do me a favor. Before you leave, there's a card in the pew right in front of you. There's a green tab, and it says, I made a decision. Do me a favor. Fill that card out before it takes like one minute. And either come give it to me or someone up here or give give it to somebody in the info center on the way out. We got a gift for you. We want to give you a Bible if you don't have a Bible to get started. And listen, if, if you've been struggling, if you've been in some kind of trouble or turmoil, whether it's your own personal life or a situation, or maybe you're bothered by all the stuff going on around, before you leave tonight, we want to pray with you, okay? Let me just pray over you, and I'll release you. Father, I thank you for this wonderful night, for your presence, your power, and your word that is going forth. I thank you for these precious souls that God saved tonight. I pray you would cause them to grow in their faith and their walk and their relationship with you. Help us, Lord, to all hold on to the anchor of our soul, Lord God, the confident hope of heaven. We love you. Pray you watch over and want us to go tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful night. We'll be up here to pray with you if you need.